This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Blackwood Farm with mentions of The Cruel Prince, The Spiderwick Chronicles, Ninth House, and Shadowhunters. There's also a brief discussion surrounding grooming. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are very excited to discuss Book of Night by Holly Black right off the bat. We got this as an uncorrected arc. Uh, we are very grateful. So thank you to Holly. Thank you to, I believe it's Tor. Thank you mm-hmm. to everybody. Uh, absolutely wonderful experience all around. Uh as usual, just because we were gifted this does not mean that we will, um, you know, have any changes in the way that we would review this book. We're going all in as usual. That doesn't change anything that we say. Um, and we have a lot to say, don't we, Jess? Oh, yeah. I'm excited to get into it because there were things we weren't expecting and things we kind of were. Um, it, it, let's let's get into it, I guess. Tell me, tell me the characters in this Book, which is Holly Black's first time writing like adult fantasy. Yeah. Fantasy. Yeah. 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 So um in no particular order, we we have a ton of characters. So a it ton. makes sense why it's in third person POV. Um so you have our female main character, Charlie, also known as Charlotte. She has kind of like a a thief, robbery, charlatan kind of background. Um, she's also currently like working as a bartender. There's Adeline, who is Vince's aunt. Vince is, her, you know, and we're all just starting off basically at the top of the book. Um, Vince is her boyfriend, and they live together with their uh, her sister, Posey. Um, Posey's kind of like a tarot card reader. Um, I don't want to say, like, a, she kind of does, like, energy readings, I guess. And then um, she kind of dives into, which we'll get into more in a little bit, Glomis, which are kind of, um, what's the best way to describe a Glomist? I would just say very broadly, magic users that have uh, quickened shadows. Okay. And then from there, it just, like, goes. Right. And then you have... Um, Vince, who you also later in the book find out is red. Twist. Uh, twist. Holy twist. shit, was that a twist? We'll get to um, it. There's Remy, who is a nickname for, like, his formal name is Edmund Vincent Carver. You have the Cabal. Did I say that right, Laura? Yeah, awesome. Uh, who they oversaw whatever adjudication was needed outside of the law among the Glomist. And there's four members of the Cabal. You have Night Singh, a Hierophant, which we'll get into more with detail, Viserine and Malik. Then um, there's Balthazar. We also covered Posey. I mean, there, there, there's so many people that will probably just... That, that's just like a lot of the main key players. 
Yeah, and we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, meet, we'll, we'll meet more <laughs> as we, we go on, as we go on. Uh, a couple of things about the book itself. Uh, took took a while took a while to get into, but once I was into it, I finished it in two days and I reread it in like a day and a half. So I've read this twice by the time we're recording this. I it mm, the first <laughs> it, it it is hard because I've done because I've done a reread. So the reread is where you catch everything. We're just like oh duh, obviously it's, it's all there. So like obviously. It works, but the first read through, damn, it was slow. It was slow. It was slow. I could not get into it. I did not have any kind of idea what was going on. I had no feel for what was going on. And um, that lasted for a while. I feel like it was the same for me. And I know part of it came from, we were talking about this before the episode, that I had come from reading like three back-to-back books that were in first-person POV. Then there was this book that was, and I was also reading, those were all audio. Then we switched to this with the traditional reading. And there there was one chapter where I just was like, you know what, I'm going to change Charlie into first person POV just in my head. And then I was able to pick it up as you went. And then I was able to, you know, go back to the third person POV. Um, it's not for everybody. but But even by reading the summary of this book, to try to get like, okay, where is my headspace when I read this? Because like you said, it takes a while to get into. It didn't help. <laughs> like, like what you, I, looking back at the summary, I mean, this was just a book that we were like, it's Holly Black. We have to read it. We love The Cruel Prince. She has the Spiderwick series that's coming to Disney+. Plus. Like she has a lot and, and she's just like heavily involved in like YA fantasy. So we just weren't sure what this what direction this was going to take us. And you don't get that from the summary either. The direction that this went, Jess, you and I both said that neither of us expected the twist. Uh, we'll get to the twist. And Jess, I know that you have notes about Peter Pan. Well, that's what it kind of reminded me of with all the shadow talk. So I assume a lot of people know about the story of Peter Pan. Yeah, everybody knows about like Peter and Wendy and Tinkerbell. But there's also his shadow. And his shadow kind of has a personality of himself different from himself. It's still tethered to Peter. But that's kind of where I made a lot of references. And there's even like, I think it's like the 1960 version with Mary Martin, where there were scenes where she's stitching the shadow onto her shoes and or like trying to adhere it through soap. And that was just what was coming to mind when you're talking about, you know, some people would sell their blights um, or not, yeah, sell their blights, which is like another word for shadows. But like, no, because blights only exist once they take on a personality. Blights usually are created when someone dies and they push like, an immense amount of like feeling and like trauma because blights are created by trauma. So like trauma oh, into the emotional attachment. That's yeah, right. into them and like that is how. And then the the glomus dies and then the blight you know is is either be, in the shadow either becomes a blight and detaches. That's what it is. Okay. Or dies die with the glomus. With- Okay, that's what it is. Because you find out later that there was, you know, a certain amount of trauma with Charlie, and Charlie has a quickened shadow. She had a shadow before, but then it became, like, a magical 
entity. And, you know, you'll find out later in the book that um, they kind of take on these personalities when you treat them as they are different. And that's kind of like an explanation that we get to. It's like if you consider them, you are you and your quick and shadow are one and the same, then that's fine. But then when you start referring to them as like, you know, second person, like you, they, like just a different entity, that's where that personality starts to kind of evolve. Even though they, pers- it's, it, there's a lot to unpack, I feel. <laughs> but maybe I'm just like referencing it specifically because of Vince too. But he's like a special case. So this story is more or less based off of The Shadow by Hans Christian Andersen. Um, so like Charlie reads it in, in the, in the story. It is like word for word here. Um, just you mentioned Peter Pan. I could not get over the similarities between this and Blackwood Farm by Anne Rice, uh, in that was released in 2002. Uh, that story follows Tarquin and features Lestat and the Mayfair Witches. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> that story is about Goblin and Tarquin has Goblin his whole life and it is a shadow entity and he feeds him blood and then Goblin goes out and Goblin goes out and starts killing people and sucking their blood to become more to take solid form to become like Tarquin and and the twist. But the difference there is that um, in Blackwood Farm and Anne Rice, this is spoilers, but it's important to know, right? Um, Goblin and Tarquin were twins in the womb and Tarquin like absorbed, absorbed his brother, but not his like soul essence. It became tethered to him. So he grew up with the soul of his dead twin brother attached to him his whole life and they ended up being weird with each other and hit with his girlfriend being just weird anyway that's that but this is exactly like yeah i'm telling you i had fucking problems i like well clearly my face is complete shock because i've never read that book i haven't read any like full disclosure i've never read of Anne rice book in my life um holy shit yeah Yeah, it's, it was just, it was just too on the nose for me. And I think also that's why it took me so long to get into. It was just like, cause just, I remember texting you. It was just like every, every time that they were, they were talking about like, um, the, the, the shadows and everything. I was just like this with Remy when he was a child. I was like, this is, this is that. Like, this is that. And I couldn't separate it, but it is, it is different. And, you know, we will, we will run with that. But if you are interested, um, that Enrise book, is fire uh a lot of purists don't like it but you know read what you want i don't even know i'm like still in shock where do we transition from that oh i think we i think we just go into it okay so i i think i think the 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 way to outline this story is to say that like this is a murder mystery like thief story right that's what this is and then in between all of there is the um the flashbacks to Charlie's past and to Remy and Red's past because that, that's that's really what it is. It's like the past we get and then the present. But, and it's nice that it's like it's you're not it's outlined in point blank at the beginning of the chapter. There is no chapter title. It's just the past. Mm-hmm. The only transition it, t- it was we were probably about more than halfway through the book. All the past 
chapters, it was Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. And then all of a sudden I go, wait, this isn't Charlie. It took a weird shift because you're finding out it's kind of Remy's past, but also kind of Vince's past. But then you find out Vince and Remy are essentially one in the same because Vince is the the human form of red which is red is the name of the shadow slash blight of remy who is also known as edmund yeah is it i'm not saying it's convoluted i'm (laughs) saying there are layers That's, that's how i'm gonna say that okay um I think we start, I think we start with Charlie's past and I think we can just start with Charlie. When Charlie is 15, her and her mother's skeezy boyfriend, Rand, who she's been running side jobs with for years. Because um, he blackmailed her. Like, right. it's not because, like, oh, let's have, like, a relationship. Like, her mom had, like, a bunch of skeezy boyfriends. This one chose to blackmail her and now she had to run con jobs with him. And she started to get really good at it, and she started to really like it, and she started to really uh, 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 get better than Rand. Right. So, lots of skeezy jobs. They end up at Lionel Salt's house. This is when Charlie is 15, and they try to run a scam on him, and they end up getting drugged, and they kill Rand, and Charlie ends up throwing up, and she's drugged with ketamine, and she ends up escaping the house. She escapes the house by an entity who, who like, gets her up and, like, guides her through the house and says, like, don't look behind me. It's a very, very Greek myth kind of situation. Like, don't look behind me. Don't look behind me. Um, but we we know and we find out that that entity is Red, which is Remy's shadow. Uh, so they had met when they were 15, which is very interesting. And then we get a little bit of audio here when Charlie is escaping with... Um, like voices in the background, you hear yes, arguing of Remy and Adeline. Uh, Adeline um, talking about doing some weird stuff, weird shadow stuff, weird shadow stuff. Uh, yeah, so we get we get the first like little instance of that. Well, let's not forget the house that her and Rand are like they're trying to con is Lionel Salt, and you know that Lionel Salt is the grandfather of Edmund, aka Remy. Yes, so it's all very interconnected here. Uh, when they're when they're young, and then they meet, and then Charlie ends up meeting Vince. I'm going to say Vince um, years later. Later, yeah, and, she, and, she, and it was just like at a bar, and he like he loved her spirit, and you find out later that he knew who she was the whole time but in that flashback we have of vince meeting her for the first time we're not given that information yeah he's just like he he's just he like, felt like he kind of recognized her but he didn't like he didn't know like what was going on he was just like ah, i don't know uh yeah very, very interesting there we start off here with the murder of night Singh, the theft of his papers, the job of trying to find those papers, Charlie turning down that job, another guy going after that job. Charlie his getting, name is Adam. Charlie getting told to go after that guy by that guy's fiance, Doreen. <laughs> Damn. 
Wow. I know this took place in Massachusetts, but I was getting real Bon Ton vibes between yeah. the diner and Doreen. I was like, okay, this is darling. Like, you know, it was just all over the place. Yeah, it, it was, it was, yeah, there's, there's, there's just a lot going on. So like Knight saying a dead member of the cabal murdered. Uh, and then Paul Echo shows up at the bar Rapture where Charlie works. And he's a guy in tweed and like twitchy, and he tried to sell a a page of something to Balthazar. Balthazar said no, and then eventually Paul is murdered that same night, and Charlie walks by his body. Okay, <laughs> with his shredded shadow. Yeah, so with it his was like shredded two different- shadow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we swear, this is like if you're reading this and you, if you're listening and you haven't read the book, like, you're it not makes missing sense. anything. Uh, yeah, like, it, it, <laughs> you could go back and be like, oh, this is what Jess and Laura were talking about. Yeah, yeah. So the papers and, and all, all of this is, is still in the wind. Charlie ends up, I mean, we're cutting through a lot. Charlie ends up tracking down Adam at a casino. And through lots of, lots of pages of descriptions, she sneaks into the hotel. She gets housekeeping to get in there. She gets the key. She sneaks into the room. There's a subplot with a ring <laughs> and a <laughs> pawn shop well, okay. and horses. Think, well, let's backtrack a little. So, Adam, <laughs> so, so Charlie, we know she's a thief. And she used to basically run jobs for this guy who kind of headed a little bit of legal activity. His name was Balthazar. Charlie was finally like, look, I kind of, I, I just, I just want to lay low. I just want to make money. I don't want to be in the gimmick anymore. Whatever. I'm out. So Adam steps in and he's like, I'll do it. Blah, blah, blah. But he, Charlie's good at her shit. She, she knows what she's doing. She's been doing it almost her whole life. So everybody compares Adam to her. So, and this is all in the beginning of the book, Doreen, who she knew since high school, is the girlfriend of this Adam guy. So that's why she's like, I need you to find my man, blah, blah, blah. You're always, but it was like, she, I also felt like one of those L- uh, MLM girls from high school. Like, Absolutely. I need your help, but I'm not willing to help you. Yep. But yep. like, you were always a piece of, like, she was still being a mean girl all this time later and um so that's why she didn't even know she she kind of understood that adam was on an assignment for balthazar but that wasn't her main goal she really just needed to follow through for an ask for doreen because in exchange doreen's brother works at the school for where her sister attends and they were just trying to like extend payment uh, when the payment was due for her sister's tuition. Like, that was, it was super, super, like, and Dorian tried to make her feel, you're going to ask me for something? Fuck yeah, you think I'm going to do this out of the kindness of my heart? I don't know you. I don't like you. You don't like me, and you just want me to do that. I, I was already pissed at that bitch. <laughs> but, it's again, a lot of extra detail. The, the book, like, all this, all this other extra stuff just wound up being sec- secondary because that wasn't the initial reason for going after Adam. But lo and yeah. behold, she did and she found shit. Yeah, she found Night Sing's notebook in Adam's like jacket. Jacket. Yeah. So he 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 found something, right? He he found it. Uh so then Jess and I, you and I discussed this. 
Charlie hangs on to this fucking notebook until the very end. And we just have to go on that by faith. We have to trust that she's been like that. She has been like balls to the wall, keeping this safe the whole time. <laughs> and we just have to let that go because I that stuck with me. I was like, where's this fucking book? Where is it? It is with her somewhere until the end. OK, moving on, <laughs> moving on. Um, Adam finds all of this out. Right. And and goes after Charlie. Mm hmm. And then, in the meantime, Vince breaks up with her. Yes? Yeah, Vince broke up with her before that because they basically break up two days after she was attacked. Oh, the big moving thing that gets the whole plot going. She was attacked in a bar because she was, you know, she was digging around. And somebody realized that she was digging around, come search for her in the bar that she works at. Lionel Salt realized it and he sent Hermes. Right. Yes. And Hermes goes to attack her. Odette's, like, hiding in the back. Odette is her boss. And Vince, the boyfriend, comes in as she's, like, you know, physical trauma, emotional trauma, being attacked in the behind the bar. And boyfriend comes in, snaps Hermes' neck, and now has to clean, it, clean up the murder scene. Yes. Yes. And-, and, oh, and that thing attacked her in her shadow, like, went in her body or something. Yes. The shadow, like went into Charlie's body, and it was very traumatizing. It's all very traumatizing. Uh, you know, it was traumatizing for me all the times Charlie mm, picked off a scab uh, and fed it to her shadow. She did that, like, four times at least, and each time I was like, oh, did it have to be that uh, gross? Uh, that is just a gross little sensory thing that I have. So Charlie's shadow is quickened in that bar attack, and Vince and Charlie break up. That's not the reason they broke up, though. No. No. There are... The reason that they broke up is Charlie went snooping and found out that Vince is actually... Well, at this point, that right. Vince is... <laughs> yeah, that Vince is Edmund, and, and, and he's got, like, all of this stuff, and there's, like, this this disc-looking, um, you know, magnetic thing, and it's they just have, like, a, a confrontation about, like lies and not telling truth and all of this stuff and he he leaves he leaves she was like she didn't want to break up she just wanted like talk to me communicate like tell me the truth and he kind of calls her out on her bullshit too Mm -hmm. like you you want me to tell the truth you're hiding you're you have your own skeletons in your closet missy um and you know nobody knows what to do with that. And he's like, "I'm out." And everybody's, and, you know, when you find out, they're like, "Did he break up with you?" And she's like, "He just left." Mm-hmm. Yeah, he which just, I mean, he did. Just left. Yeah, he did, and he just left. And and going back and knowing what we know, when he's like, you know, I, I I don't communicate well. I want to tell you, like, I wish all of these things were true. You're just like, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. But it, even the line he goes, "I didn't want to tell you the truth because." That what, like, I I was living a life that I wanted, like, I wanted it to be this truth. You know, and clearly he did, because we, obviously, we know now Mm -hmm. who and what he was. Uh, It's very very interesting, very interesting. Uh, So, where do we go from here? We go to uh, Lionel Salt picking up Adelaide from the parking lot of the bar where she was drowning her sorrows after everything with... um, the confrontation with Adam and Doreen and everything at the bar. Um, and then 
They go to the country club, and damn, I want to go to the spa so bad. I wish she had a full day at the spa. I was like, a half hour? Uh, yeah, You're giving them minutes. a half hour? That's not, that's not, that's she, not enough. They, and I want to know how quick was the shower, because she she showered, and, and then they did she the went sauna, and, sauna. And, and she still found a way to get clothes on, mm-hmm. off like, the country club shop. I go in thirty minutes. Yeah, no way. It's like no, and and also like you're sending me to the spa. I want a massage. I want I want the works. Um, you know, Mister Salt, <laughs> please, sir. Damn. Uh, didn't like that he ordered for her. That is my personal pet peeve. Did like that Charlie just read the fuck out of the whole situation the whole time. Love that. Yeah, and which you don't find out till the end with how she. I mean, there were a lot of like. I didn't read it twice. I only read it once. But there were times where, like, all the little... This is one of my criticisms, but I understand where some of them could be helpful. Um, Like, the details of, like, his manicured nails, and they were, like, buffed and clean, and the control. Like, you already knew that that was his type of personality. This, you know, this elitist, white, straight, cis male um, who needed to have control and everybody was beneath him and I have money and I left my my one daughter is, you know, down in Boca or wherever it was. And, you know, I'm set, you know, it was just the sense of entitlement. I, I hate that. And he, how dismissive he was to everybody at the country club, uh, scaring them when he controlled her with his shadow of murdering the help. Like... This man, but she, again, was just very attuned because, again, like her whole life has been based on these cons. Everything is a moment. Everything was like a skill set in her toolbox to read the room and read the people that she was constantly interacting with. So she she read these people and he gives her a job, right? Lionel Salt gives her a job. He says, find me the book of the blights and give it to me by like Saturday or I'm going to fuck your world up. And you have a mom and you have a sister and like it's going down, right? That That's more or less basically what it is. And Adelaide's oh, yeah, just and my like, grandson has this information and she's like, well, you're SOL. Like he fucking left me. Yeah. And he's like, well, then I guess, you know, we're, you know, we both have a shared, a shared enemy, a shared, like, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. He's like, well, he, you know, he, he lied and stole from me and he broke your heart. And she's like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Dude, because <laughs> she's reading the room. She's like, okay, yeah. And at the same time, she's also reading Adeline, where Adeline is like, oh, too bad, so sad. I wish I can say I'm happy. Yeah, you glad know, you're not with you. them. Yeah, but like, hope this. I, and it, it's like, it's the exact equivalent of no offense, but no, say full offense. Mm-hmm. Because in between all of this happening, we have. Charlie and Posey, right? It's Posey. 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 Going to the college, meeting the oh, guy, right. and learning about shadows and like how to quicken them, what they are, what you shouldn't do, and like all of this like stuff, right? We get a bunch of that happening. Yeah. I'm only bringing it up because before we get to the to the backslide of this book, it is exactly at 80% where this book picks up and does not stop. Uh, before we get to that, um, Charlie cuts off her shadow because she will not go into Lionel Salt's house on Saturday 
being able to be controlled. And we learn at that uh, meeting, you know, with the the college guy, starts with an M, uh, that, you know, people without a shadow, you know, can't be controlled. There's like a door shut inside them. Something is different. Uh, so that is why I'm bringing that up. It is just like more plot p- packed into this book. It is just more like lore that is, I feel like important. I, I feel like that's important because they talk about like, you know, like dark matter and like shut, you know, what everything kind of is. And it was interesting. So if we're talking about like the sisters and, you know, the sisters are, at the at the college and and they're learning about shadows and stuff um i think it's important to point out the dynamic between charlie and posy because uh it is posy wants Mm. to be a gloomist like she's doing everything that she can you know she has the circle of friends she's you know a energy reader she does tarot reading she has like she has she like not from her, like, she split her own tongue. She just, like, she wa- she wants nothing more than to be a glomist. And a glomist, as we discussed, is, like, somebody who has that magical, be like, magical yeah, part with the shadow, shadow. With the quick and shadow. Um, and at this point, like, um, Charlie has a quick and shadow based on, like, the traumatic experience that occurred at the bar with Hermes. So the next day, her sister's, like, why anything you want to tell me and she's like no what what, you know she goes your shadow's acting like fucking weird so she's like don't tell anybody don't tell anybody she's the little sister what does she do well i told all these people i didn't say it was you i said it was me can you please just drive me to the college that like umass that laura's referring to and they talk to the guy with the name that begins with them and (laughs) i can't remember right now there's a lot um and then she goes, well, it was my sister. It wasn't me. Like, way to fucking throw her under the bus. But that's where we get that, you know, that necessary plot information, knowing that this is all her sister wants. One of the things that I do like, you know, they, they do seem to have a strained relationship. And it's, to- you you know, especially with the flashbacks, you you, you feel bad. At least I feel bad. Um Knowing that it was kind of groomed that way, their mother kind of, you know, and the mother later comes around to, you know, apologize for how she raised them. Posey says, you know, I kind of was jealous of all the attention you would get from like Rand specifically. Rand is, remember, as the ex-boyfriend of the mom. And then I realized as I got older, maybe I don't want that kind of attention because they didn't know. You know, there was just like there was clearly some grooming going on. Um but I do like that there, so you know, the communication happened more later in the book. The honesty, it wasn't just like, I'll tell you about it later, I'll tell you about it later. Like, you know, then there was the word vomiting of like, this is what's happening, this is the truth, you could believe me or not. Um, but what are the things that I like that later pays off? Um, in the end, like, you know, the last 20% is Charlie's asking her sister, you know, are you mad at me? Like, I'm the one with the quick and shadow. I didn't want this. I hope you know that. And Posey gave her, and this is like directly from the book, Posey gave her a look. You mean because it's unfair that it's your shadow that's quickening? And when becoming a glomist is the only thing that I want most in the world? She's like, I'm angry. I'm angry at the universe. I'm angry at you. But even though I know it's not your fault, I'll get over it. But if you fuck this up, I will hate you. Like, she's like, you have everything that I want. Don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. And I, and I like, there's that sense of, her feelings aren't dismissed. Like, she's like, yeah, I'm mad at the universe. Yeah, I'm mad at you. I know my anger towards you isn't 
you know, is it, it's, you know, it's just what I'm feeling in the moment. I know it's not just, no, it's not personal. I'm just angry. And I think it's like really the first time that they really start communicating from that way, like that time forward and really start working as a unit that, you know, I, I'm assuming they, they're, they're talking and working as a unit, even if it's not on paper, because you see that payoff in the end. And uh, you bring up amazing points, of course, as always. But you say their their relationship is kind of weird and like like Posey wants what Charlie has. And it's like, don't screw this up. Don't be mad. Charlie says over and over and over again that she's a self-sabotager. She can't let things like be good. She has to, you know, sabotage it in some way, shape or form. So it is self-serving that she cuts off her shadow so that she can't be uh, manipulated. But it is also sweet, though, that she does give it to Posey because that's all Posey wants. Uh, so she's like, okay, you have it. And she does say um, kind of a throwaway line too. She's like the shadow wrapped itself around both of us. It's like it, it preferred Posey. It was happy to be there. Um, right. It was just like, oh, and she even said like, I know, like she know it's like when you, you know, you think of like people who like either give up pets or, you know, like, you know, like just adoption in general. Like you just hope that like this person's going to take care of it and love it and give it the home that um, that you you hope for that future thing. And that's exactly what she knows for a fact her sister will give to this because that's what she wanted this whole time. OK, so we have to circle to back to the murder mystery, back to the, the thieving murder mystery. Um I want to talk about Raven, but we should also talk about Adam's death. Um, Charlie goes home and finds that Adam has been killed in their house. His like rib cage is ripped open. It's like red. The red is like written right, in like all blood. over yeah, in his yeah, blood, yeah. like all over the walls and stuff. Um, Charlie is like unfazed, <laughs> like a badass, and she kind of has a revelation about where she thinks Vince hid whatever it is that he hid and it was in the chimney and she was right and she got it and it wasn't there and with the key there was a key um you know from dante abandoned all hope so plot it was just plot it was just plot there i i love that it was a murder mystery but it was almost like at the same time vince kept kind of leaving it was almost like a like a scavenger hunt an unintentional scavenger hunt every time she got to she was like i know the next place Vince was already there, you know, she would find a letter from him. If you've, if you, like you said, if you are reading this, the key is abandon all hope. Then she goes to the next place. Like, okay, if I was Vince, where would I go? I don't want to be known. I don't technically exist in the system. Um, she goes to the next place and then she uses like her little detective skills and finds like another note that was like a, a love note. Like, I don't know how to say goodbye to you. I don't know how to do this. And she finds more there and she, she's tracking everything along and piecing things together um, in this unintentional scavenger hunt. But she leaves notes for him as well. If he were to come back to where the places are that she's been, she's like, if you're reading this, like, I know, like, I, I love you kind of thing. Um, Cause it was clear that they hadn't said it to each other, but they were still feeling it. And obviously he doesn't, he doesn't um, find these notes that she's left because you, you find out he's in jail and a secret jail yeah. in the place that he fucking grew up in. Yep. Um, before we get there though, we yeah. have to talk about the plot movement device, which is uh, Liam. Yeah. Got to talk about Liam. Liam exists solely to move the plot along and tell us the exact transition from where Remy uh, like died and 
uh, Red slash Vince was like born. That is really what he's there for. It, it, like, okay, so in the course of this investigation, Liam is brought up like maybe twice. She goes to his apartment. He doesn't let her in. She goes to his hospital, makes a scene, and he talks to her. When he talks to her, he tells her that like he wanted her to, uh, Remy, as, as Liam understands it, Remy um, wants him to sell books. And then like one day he showed up and uh, he was naked like, disheveled. naked and like like all over the place he had like a wild look in his eye and stuff and and we know as the reader that that version of Remy that Liam is seeing is actually red who <laughs> is actually red um because at this point uh Edmund has been killed yeah by by Lionel um, because Edmund was going to reveal everything that was that Lionel was doing because Lionel um, had Jesus. So Lionel had Edmund's mother overdose. Yeah. Yeah. God. Wow. All right. Okay. Uh, Raven. <laughs> Let's talk about Raven. Um, the Raven scene bothered me just because by the time we got to this point in the story, I was like, okay, I understand that all of this is important but i don't care right now i just want to know what's going on so the descriptions of raven feeding the shadow what shadows are you know stabbing what an alterationist is breaking down everybody um was interesting and i did bookmark it but at the point i was just like fuck i just want to get to the end of this mystery stop throwing me all of this like oh and she likes bear claws yeah, and she likes bear claws. And part of the con <laughs> is making sure that you like butter them up. You, and yeah, and you yeah, go I trust and you get Duncan, you get donkeys and stuff. Like I understand all of this, but fuck me, enough, enough <laughs> already. Um, and, and what do we get from there? We get that um, that Singh had a his book, and like there wasn't anything in there that had any sort of clue to like the. The ritual or the bindings or any any sort of anything like that. It was more like uh, like alterationist stuff, right? I have a question, and this is just it's not necessarily tied into this specific part, but maybe because you did the reread, it'll it might remember when in the past Charlie skipped school to do the con job or whatever to make a you know like five hundred bucks, and she takes a she couldn't get the physical page out of a book so she took a picture of it and she was going to sell that picture to let you know to exchange like here's the picture of the page that you needed give me my money or however that where what book was that was that something that we know now or was that just like part of her past part of a con job to just show like how good at it she was that's a really excellent question and i think we should insert the name of that book right now I just I I remember that part because the book, whatever book it was, it couldn't leave the window. So somebody's shadow placed it in a different part of the schoolhouse museum. Oh, this is important. To A. Thompson in the city of Northampton. You have been trying to contact me, blah, blah, blah. I have no interest in being studied. My origin may have been... Uh, may have been with your kind, but I am no, I am of you no longer. Written on the 23rd of April by Cleophis, Cleophis, who is the Heliphant. Who is the the shadow that the, is tied to Stephen, who is the, um, 
the higher part of the cabal. Yeah, who yep. is part of the cabal? Yep. Oh, but that's very interesting. I'm very glad we did the research there. Fabulous. Good job. Good job. That is important. So that's what that is important for. Yeah. So that's what that is important. That gives us more background. That that gives it. It just gives us more background. <laughs> so let's just go into the backslide of this, right? The last, the last twenty percent, the last twenty percent, actual meat of the plot. Yeah, the meat of the plot. The last twenty percent of this. Um, Charlie breaks into Lionel Salt's house Saturday before the party as a caterer. Yes, is that right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and she, uh, she works as a caterer. She cases the place. And she has a goal, right? She she has a goal. She has an assumption. And we as the reader are not exactly sure what her assumption is yet because um, that has not been made clear to us. We're just kind of going with it as she goes with it, which I thought was a very interesting kind of take there. Um, so Charlie makes her way into the library that she remembers being. And then she... Um, you know, she's she, pulling all the secret books. Yeah, she's looking for the chef. books. She's looking for the books. And of course, it's Dante. So she pulls the lever and she goes into the smaller like library room. And she sees like the rug where she threw up. She sees the painting. She moves the painting. Very long, detailed, many page explanation of how she breaks into the safe. <sighs> T- I mean, I feel like Tina, I mean, this is where I like. I don't want to say like the book won't age well, but you'll know at what point in time this book is written between the Zoom references and like basically like a T9 situation. Okay, so like if if you're a younger follower, we didn't always have keyboards. You had mm-hmm. to use like the nine digits on the phone and number two or number whatever it was. Number two was like ABC. So you had to spell everything out. If you had A, B, or C, you had to use number two. So (laughs) that's how it, which was like, okay. So that's now that whole little background is being described in this scene of having to type out T9 of the key is abandon all hope. So now she's typing out, quote, abandon all hope with these numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. I didn't Um, mean all that. (laughs) <laughs> didn't didn't need all of that, but she does it. She does it successfully, and she sees. Um, it, it, actually, no, it's not revealed at that point. She just makes a switch at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, she yeah, just, yeah. She, yeah. Well, does she make the switch? I thought she just pulls. I didn't know she didn't. I don't know if I just gl- glossed over it, but I didn't know she was replacing anything with it. I knew she was taking out, but I didn't know she was putting anything in. That's- she put in. She put in Night Sing's notebook. We know that in the end, but she yeah. didn't disclose that. When it was happening. No, no, but like... Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that happens. Uh, and then she uh, notices like a little button on top of the... In the safe and she presses it. Our secret panel opens and it's a prison and we get the fucking reveal that had my mouth open. My mouth was open. Holly, you did it here because I was fucking shocked. Okay. I, I mean, I, I was... I knew about, you know, Vince, or not Vince, but I knew the voice when she was 15 that guided her out was Remy's, was Red. I knew that. I did not see it coming that Vince Red was Red. Vince was Red. Yeah. The whole fucking time. The whole time. I, I thought, I thought, as Charlie did, 
that Vince was just Edmund because he faked his death and started over. Right. I thought it was a fake death situation, which would also still make sense because he was going by a different name. He wanted to, he didn't want his name on the lease. He was working jobs that were like under the table. Um, he, he, you know, I was like, okay, that everything tracks, everything tracks. Yeah, he didn't have a shadow. Right. So maybe, right. maybe, sh- you know, something like shady something, happened. Yeah, like, something happened there. Yeah. I, so, I did think that his, I, I think I thought his grandfather, Lionel, cut his shadow off and like then the shadow became its own yeah, thing. Yeah, that is I exactly didn't, what no, I thought too. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Um, so, damn, what do we get here? We get Charlie walking up and she sees... Vince, who she thinks is Vince, and she's like, "Oh my God, Vince!" Da 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 da. And then she she starts she starts to kind of realize, and then she's like, "Oh my!" He he starts saying like Char Char, and she's like, "No no no!" There's only one person in the world that calls me Char. She's like, "You're not him. Don't act like him." He's like, "Char, you already know. Like just say it." And she's like, "You're red." Right, because I think at that point she was like, "Oh my gosh, it's Vince!" Wait, there's gas lines. Wait, there's like like pyroy stuff. You're not Vince. You're red in Vince form, because that's again we're thinking Vince has faked his own death. We're not separating. Mm-hmm. This is the red that's they been caught, going around. Yeah, they caught, they caught him. Yeah. red. Right. Yeah. Holy shit! No, no, huge plot twist. Edmund actually died. Because Lionel killed him, and 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 in those last moments where the grandfather last like, breath, I think I think it, also that he the reason he had so much energy left in him is because he was so young, which was kind yeah. of how he was able to pers- like create the blight as Vince into a full human form, as opposed to the the blights that still kind of maintain as like shadow esque get attached to other people. And also that uh, Remy had been cutting Red loose to go, like, murder people um, since they were, like, what, 13, something? Yeah, and not just his... Oh, that was the other thing with, like, all the detailed backgrounds. Like, if you're feeding the blight things, uh, blood, not just of your own, that's how it gets stronger. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's so much background. So much background. But Remy, Remy could do shadow magic, like, effortlessly since age three so he'd been doing like shit with his shadow that long and then his grandfather got a hold of him and turned him into an assassin he got strong and strong and strong and then Edmund started doing you know cutting cutting red loose to go do stuff on his own and he got very strong so i guess the thing that got me really thinking was like oh my god like so he's solid like he's super like he's fucking people like he's solid yeah because that's also something that like i kept going back to which also holly does like this is not a spicy book you know there are like there are two sex scenes if that and they're very like it's just alluded to you know it's happening um but they do they do have they have sex you know, he she's straddling him. They're in the oh three. Then like in the, on the back, stairs on yeah. the stairs. Then they're like being all philosophical about like stars and shadows and like solar flares. Um, and then the alley where they first hooked up. Yeah, so like they've been sleeping together this whole time. 
it was just so it was so crazy. I was just so incredibly shocked, so incredibly shocked with that. Um, so Charlie uh, leaves him there because um, uh, Adelaide comes in and starts talking to him about about stuff. And so Charlie like oh yeah out. he's he's like distracting yeah. her to fo- keep the focus because at this point Charlie is there and he needs Charlie to get out. So Adeline is there and he's she even sees that he's not looking at her because he knows. Charlie knows that if he glances her way, Adeline is going to shift. And so he's just, she's sneaking away while he's just, you know, you know, coughing or making, you know, distractions to get her out safely. So Charlie leaves, cuts off her shadow, changes into the red, the red pantsuit outfit, right? And she's got Mm -hmm. her pixie cut and her like lipstick. And then she waltzes in to the party and this is my favorite this is my favorite part right i love a good confrontation scene so she's in a skin tight like red pantsuit right and and lionel's there and he's like i wasn't expecting you and she's like you made it clear what would happen if i didn't do this and everyone's like oh And usually I know I I usually I feel like we have different favorite scenes, but this is the one where I, I loved this part. I love the confrontation. I love where she called him out on it. I loved that the rest of the crowd was like, oh shit, it's about to go. To- we gotta dip. We gotta get out of here fast. And like the musician was like, I'm just gonna turn this <laughs> dip too. I just too funny. <sighs> it's too funny. Yeah, the magician or the musicians were just like I'm not slowly back away. <laughs> For this. <laughs> Fuck y'all. <laughs> Fuck y'all. It's so good. I love this. I love that they're like, I thought this was a bit, but Lionel, you look like, you know, you're flustered. And he was oh. just, yeah, right. And he he was like trying to save face. And he was like, we'll do this privately. She's like, no, we'll do this here. Like, no. Oh, yeah. Because she's like, I've seen what you do privately because, and then she started calling out the people that he killed. And everyone was like, so everybody needs to leave. Yep. We're still going to talk amongst each other here. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, here's the book, by the way. Here's the book that you had the whole time that I have the receipt for. Receipt, receipt, mm. receipt. And everyone oh, is like. she's lying. She had it the whole time. Yeah, she's like, no, you bought it from Sotheby's. You've had it the whole fucking time. I have. Yeah, there's the certificates of authentic- authentication. And I like where he. she goes, I'll prove it to you guys. I'll, and she knew because of his personality. She's like, I'll prove it. I'll prove to everybody that I, that, that it was in, it was here the whole time. Knowing that everything was connected, knowing that he was going to have an app. You knew he was a control freak. So you knew the second that she went into the security safe, he probably got a little notification on his phone. You knew he probably was going to change the code in that moment. So when she goes to prove it, like, oh, I'll open the code, I'll open the safe again, alarms go off. And then... She was like, "Okay, silence the alarm. You you do it then. Like if 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 the, the stuff isn't there, then you do it." And that's where we find the second reveal of the exchange that she put the material that she had in when she took like the book of night. She put in Night Sings journal yeah. paperwork, yeah, with the notes that um, were in. Lionel's own hand about how he was like doing experiments on people about how he killed these people and how he was going to kill Remy. So like, and then those notes were read by other members of the cabal. And it was just like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And then he tried to still put it on her and she goes, well, 
which is it? Did you always have the book and you were just sending us all on a wild goose chase? Or I didn't break in and you've had, again, these notes are all yours. Impl- she's like, so pick pick your implication. And then so much happens. So much happens like so all fast. at once, right? Yeah. Right. So like Lionel pulls a gun on Charlie, but it ends up that the gun goes off and shoots Steven, the, the Hierophant. So he... He dies, and then his, and then Cleophus, his shadow, Blight, um, like, sucks in all of his, like, life energy and was like, fuck you guys, you've lied to me this whole time, I'm gonna fuck all of you up, you can't chain me anymore, um, and- I'd be pissed too. I'd be so, I'd be so mad. Yeah. I'd be so mad. And then he, um, you know, is, is, like, about to murder everybody, and then Vince is like, Pacha breaks free of his like stuff. He's like, no more hiding. And he goes full shadow and they have a shadow battle, which kind of happens off camera. Um, I want to talk about the balls ass move of Charlie doing like the poker fighting, like Jude and Matic. Um, mm-hmm. it was, it was very nice. But then also when Charlie, um, cuts off Lionel's shadow, Cause she's like, you know, you're really rich. I bet you that that shadow is not yours. And I bet that shadow hates you. And she's like, fuck. And then we find out that the shadow murdered him, but also Adelaide stabbed him because she had blood on her face, which is just a throwaway line. Um, yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a throwaway line, but Charlie, I'll bring it up when we get there. I'll circle back to it. (laughs) The shadow battle (laughs) between the Hierophant and, uh, Vince is just kind of like their shadows all over, right? But then Charlie sees what he's going to do with the the fire and everything. And she has an onyx ring that makes shadows visible. So she like rolls in and like grabs him, right? Well, the only, and the only reason that Vince slash like shadow Vince is fighting is to protect her for mm-hmm. no other reason than to keep her protected. Oh, and at this point, uh, she, she has let Lionel know that she was the one that she, that he drugged all those years ago. Yeah, so it was like in Lionel well, tried to be like, like a revenge, revenge plot. plot. Yeah. No, it you know, it wasn't. But his shadow got revenge on him, and we like that. So, uh, the cabal tells Charlie that they are too interested in Vince to, to let him go. So they need to discuss what to do with him. She can come and visit him in three days. So she reluctantly leaves, and she. Goes back in three days. And she goes to the tower, I think Bellamy's tower, and he's up yeah. there in the in the room and Adelaide is there and Adelaide's like he's gonna be like bonded to me. That is his punishment and like my punishment. Yeah, Even, but it's not a real it's punishment, not a punishment to her for because her. she's been like wanting him since they were children. She's like gross and weird. Um, and Charlie's like, it's gross and weird. And then she <laughs> Goes into the room and has like yeah, a... because it's like, like, let's not forget it's gross and weird because that is your nephew. That is essentially yeah. your nephew. Yeah. That yeah. essentially is. Yeah, it's like the... Yeah. Ugh. All the philosophical... There is philosophical musings here, too, about like, can your shadow talk? Can you be friends with your shadow? Is it really just like talking it to yourself? There's a whole philosophical argument that goes on in the background of this that is just too exhausting to have on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> so... Charlie and Vince have a, have it out kind of in the tower room. And Vince says that he chooses this, that he wants this, um, you know, don't fight it. This is like fair. He'll work it off and come back to her. 
they'll figure it out. They'll yeah, figure it they'll out. Figure it out. Yeah. There isn't anybody else like you, Charlie. Like you are the one. Which is kind of always known. Like yes. she didn't, but he's always known. Yes. So then Charlie goes back downstairs and cuts a deal, right? She cuts a deal and says, like, stitch him to me. I will take over. I'll be the Hierophant. I'll wear Vince. We'll work it off together. It'll be fine. I'll do your, like, dirty work. I'll do your jobs. And at first they weren't going to say it. And she, like, basically, like, admitted, like, all the crimes that it, it, to a point where they go, okay, she does have, like, punishments that she has to work off. Yeah. So then Vince comes down. He's like, where's Adelaide? She went home. And then... um. Vince is like, okay, Charlie, but like, you know, no one knows what happens. You know, I might be different. And she's like, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But then there is a line in there that says like Bellamy and somebody else like look, like have a look, exchange a look with each other. So I am under the understanding that they know that when they do this, that Vince isn't going to have a lot of memories. So, because they, like, exchange looks after Charlie says, like, it's okay. Like, we'll work together. It'll be fine. Like, well, she even says, like, if you can make a stupid decision, I can make a stupid decision. too. Like, you know, if you're going to make this choice without me, then I'm going to do the same thing. Like, I'm going to do this. Goes back to what you had said earlier in this episode about, like, the self-sabotage, self-sacrificing yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The book ends right there. They yeah. stitch Vince to Charlie and um, he has no idea who she is. He has no idea. His last memory is like, you're not Remy. I don't know you. And there's like kind of a sinister kind of undercurrent there. And then they just like drive off into the sunset. That's it. Um, that's how the book ends. It ends and gives me the feeling that um, kind of eternal sunshine kind of gives me like uh, it's like a try again kind of situation. But it doesn't quite sit right with me because Charlie has a huge power advantage in any sort of relationship that they would have. Um, and it's kind of like fucked up and weird. And it, there's not that level playing field. Yeah. And, and nobody wants that because, uh, you know, she because. Well, it's like like you said, with the eternal sunshine with Elijah Wood's character. He yeah, knows everything and he uses that against um, Clem, yeah. you know, like in his favor because he just wants her and wants her to fall in that love is with this him. situation, more or less. Except she genuinely, like, not in a creepy way. It's just like, I don't know. You just feel, I feel bad. I feel, yeah. she's like, I want, you know, it's like, is there, you know, it, it's like when you hear about, um, again, Eternal Sunshine, um, people with amnesia and they had their whole family and then they wake up not knowing, like, trying to get that person to fall back in love with you. Yeah, and I don't necessarily like the fall back in love with me, win her back trope, uh, even though it's like reversed here. But I don't know. I don't know if there's a second one in this. I didn't look it up. That's probably irresponsible on my part. But uh, I would be interested to know where this goes. I feel like there's so much plot dumping here and so much world building that not having a sequel or like not making this like a trilogy, I don't know, but not doing anything with this feels like a lot of wasted potential because like why dump so much in this first one, right? Yeah, I, I, I understand. See, here's me. There was so much world building and so much info dumping and so much detail. And I don't know if it's because it's setting up for a trilogy or, or if it's to make it so separate 
from all the YA fantasy worlds that she's had before. Because there were a lot of things where, you know, I think we talked about this briefly before we started recording where it's like when you're going into a work email or something where you kind of build this whole thing and you go, wait, you know, I could cut out so much of this, like this whole breaking in entering of her friend Susie's house that she was supposed, the only thing we knew about Susie that she knew her from high school and uh, she was supposed to go to a barbecue and then she doesn't go to the barbecue, but she breaks into her house later. And there's this whole thing about the countertops and her cabinets and what it I just wound up glossing over it because she could, it could have easily just been, and she broke into her house, washed a pair of jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. So, so I don't know if it was meant to, to build this world, to give us this visual, or if there's going to be a payoff. And then, like, even if there is a second book, like, what is the second book? Is it rebuilding their relationship to fight, you know, the world together? I don't I don't know. And also, yeah, do I, I want it? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I could maybe do like a little novella or something. Um, you know, that would be fine. I don't I, I just I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we did not touch on the fact that Charlie um, like had two separate identities that she used to like possess herself to scare uh Travis and like get attention and stuff from her mom and everything, right? She had Alonzo and she had the other one. The girl. The girl, yeah. Um and then I do like that comment. I'm bringing this up because I like that commentary that was like, I wasn't taken seriously, even this fake thing that I was doing until I channeled a man. And once I channeled, you know, once I created this man character, everybody listened or my mom listened to him. That um, was who everybody, yeah. like she had her friends come over. Yeah. But that's who, like she even would comment, like sometimes I think my mom missed Alonzo and rather be with Alonzo, like this man. But that's like her mom's own issues mm-hmm. because clearly that's like, there were, you know, there was unhealthy toxic relationships she repeatedly did not learn from with everybody that she had been with. Yep. Just a little interesting tidbit that I really wanted to make sure that I mentioned because, you know, it was interesting. Uh, yeah, that's the book. Damn. It is so plot heavy. I know we rambled, but oh my goodness. Uh, I ended up really liking this book and I told you the twist just had my jaw on the fucking floor. So hats off. I feel like I wouldn't have, I don't want to say I skipped a lot of detail because I did skip some, you know, I did, I can't say skip. I glossed over it, you know, um, that it didn't contribute to the pot. I think it contributes to, you know, when we talk about audio, audio books and if there's a war scene, like if you were traditionally reading, you might gloss over it, but in an audio book, you're forced to, I, I, that's, that's maybe a critique that I would have that if I were, if, and when I'll say when because that's my thing with Holly Black's books is every time I've gone to reread it I love it because everything's there and I'm not I'm not questioning anything anymore you know it's I wonder if listening to this book would give me a different experience because I wouldn't be glossing all the details are there and I also know where the book's going well I'm definitely going to listen to this when it comes out on audio uh, just to do justice because. Uh, that's an excellent point that you bring up. Holly's work does really well translate. Uh, her like descriptions and language and flowery things do translate well. So we will see. We will see. Plus, I think I might benefit from speeding this up to like a one seven. Uh, just, just, uh, I don't know. That's just where I like it. It's just where I like it. Uh, yeah, so- her books are typically good like that because that's how I did. Oh, I was going to say that's what I did for the Cool Prince. But like, how nice for the little nod. Like there was the nod to the tail and like. 
people being fucked with a tail. I was like, oh, Cardin, we love the throw. We love a cruel prince throwaway. Um, so if you haven't read that book and you're just starting out with this, that's another series that she has. And we have a couple episodes on the podcast on. And then, um, she's friends with Cassie Claire. So I love just the little nods of friendship where she, they were talking about the antique shop or the pawn shop and there were automatons. I mean, what other, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm still just, I, again, I'm still new to the genre, even though we've been doing this for like since 2020. Um, automatons, if that's like a regular occurring thing in fantasy. But I just I just felt like it was a little shout out to their friendship. And I really adored it. Speaking of, uh, this book has very similar vibes as Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. And they are also very good friends. So I do see the similar similar vibes there. So I get it. I get it. I love it. I like it. Mm-hmm. So thanks for joining us. Please feel free to reach out to us, message us. We're on Instagram at Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok for Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.